Welcome to Weaver's Beyond the Numbers Real Estate Podcast. I'm Rob Nowak, real estate industry tax partner with Weaver, and I'm joined as always by that good-looking guy next to me, Howard Altshuler, Weaver's partner in charge of real estate services. Howard, you were at the what? You were at the Stars game last night. Without me, I might I add. Uh, how did the game go? What happened? Game went really well. Stars victory, which is always good, um, in a shootout, which was very exciting. So the only thing I better had a great than time. Victory, the only thing better than a Stars victory, you know, is a Blackhawks victory. So we'll leave yeah, it at that. that. No, okay, whatever. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Nothing said here constitutes professional advice. If you have a question, you can call Weaver for help. Go to Weaver.com to find all our content, white papers, live casts, and more. That's Weaver.com. Howard, we have nobody joining us today, just you and me. What do you want to talk about? Well, you know, you talked about me being at the Stars game last night. So it kind of got me thinking about um, stadiums and how things have changed over the eons in terms of stadiums and where they're located and how they fit in with neighborhoods. And kind of we're almost making a little bit of a full circle nowadays from where we were before. When you say before, like historically with uh, sort of stadiums being situated within sort of residential type of communities or, you know, um, uh, with surrounding, you know, smaller businesses and things like that? Correct. When you didn't have suburbs in the cities and, you know, the baseball team or the football team played, you know, in, in the city when really that's all there was at one point. Right. So like an older stadium. Um, so I, again, I'll default back to, you know, Chicago sports, my passion there, Wrigley Field which is, you know, old historic ballpark, but was located in, uh, you know, within the city in a predominantly residential community. Although, you know, city streets, you had smaller mom and pop type businesses that sort of sprung up around it and kind of almost became a cottage industry as time went on kind of around the ballpark. That's the type of old school stadium you're talking about. Right. And of course, each stadium was very, very different as a result of that because it had to fit into its, um, you know, into its surroundings. I mean, take a look at Fenway Park and, you know, left field is what, 300 feet um, because, you know, there's street on the other side. And then you look at um, like the old polo grounds in New York where center field was 483 feet because there was, you know, room to expand out that direction. So it, it took away a lot of the cookie cutter, cookie cutterness of baseball fields. So where do you think things are trending? You know, well, let, let's talk about where things went in the interim. So you had that style of, of stadium and infrastructure. And then you went to sort of the mega stadium that was sort of built in the middle of an asphalt jungle. You know, we have to have plenty of parking, right? Right. And and I'll, you know, use my hometown of Houston as a great example. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen old pictures of the Astrodome, but it's, you know, a nice round stadium with a dome around a very round, large parking lot. Um, you see pictures of Kansas City with Arrowhead Stadium and Royal Stadium next to it and nothing else anywhere near it. Um, so that, yeah, there was a trend when you have the available land in the suburbs, um, when parking and was important and people easy for people to get out there. Um, the people responsible for building the stadiums would do that. They would just say, our destination is going to be the stadium um, and, you know, use it in that regard. I'm sure there was a, a great value play because the land was probably pretty cheap to do that. Um, but I think on the downside, is you don't have a whole lot of use for the stadium other than just for the games. And, you know, especially when you think about football, where you only have, you know, with the preseason, 10 home games a year, um, that's a lot of infrastructure getting a little bit of use. So let's bring it home to Dallas. You know, when you see um, some newer stadiums that are being redeveloped or built today, what are some of the trends that you observe? 
Well, I, I think we're starting to see things coming back into the city. I mean, let's take, let's go back to the first kind of throwback ballpark back in the 80s, I think, which was in Baltimore, um, where they put that downtown on the riverfront district. And of course, you know, a, an interesting looking left field, I think it was left field with the big warehouse back behind it. Um, you saw the same thing, Cleveland keeping their stadium, the Jake in, um, in downtown. Um, I think also you look at, say, I think Minnesota, when they built the new football stadium, that's in downtown and their new baseball, their current baseball stadium is there as well. Um, you know, you mentioned Dallas. It's a little bit of an anomaly because, you know, Dallas, you've got the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And so really everything for those of you who aren't from Dallas or haven't been here, um, everything's out in Arlington, which is in between Dallas and Fort Worth. So on the one hand, it may appear that it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of on its own, but Arlington is a really big des entertainment destination district because you've got, you know, the, ba the baseball stadium, you've got the football stadium, you've got Six Flags, you've got Hurricane Harbor, and you've got a lot of other things that go on in Arlington, which is also getting the best of Dallas and Fort Worth. Well, you know, I mentioned the world champion 2016 Chicago Cubs stadium, Wrigley Field. Um, you know, that was, the, you know, one of those stadiums that we'd mentioned was was built in the middle of the city and has under the last, I would say over the last five to 10 years has gone through sort of a rebirth and revitalization. The Ricketts family bought the Cubs, bought up a, a lot of the surrounding land that surrounded that stadium and redeveloped it from the ground up. But I think it was very interesting that they did in creating a destination is not just tear down a lot of the historic structures and put the mom and pop bars and restaurants out of businesses, but sort of in uh, almost informal cooperation with the community built appropriately so that redevelopment was um, aesthetically fit into the existing, um, I'll say just the existing footprint. And their objective was not to put mom and pop bar and restaurant out of business, but to coexist very peacefully with them, creating as you said, like a destination. It's I'm not just going to the ballpark. I'm going there for a lifestyle and a certain atmosphere that is inherent in that community as well as the sporting event itself. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording is, you know, you're also hometown team, the Bears, um, who I don't think they've won the Super Bowl in quite a while. Um, 1985. Okay, so a little yeah, bit, yeah. a little bit sooner than, or later than, longer than the Cowboys, and um, but they're talking about packing up from Soldier Field, which is in the middle of the city downtown. You know, a, a beautiful location um, to go out to what Arlington Heights, I think it is. Uh, but so again, hometown. That's actually is my hometown, Arlington Heights, Arlington International Racecourse, which is a beautiful racecourse that was owned by Churchill Downs. Property has been sold, and you're right, it was sold to the Bears, and the thought is that they are going to create a not just a stadium, but a destination with shopping and restaurants and such. But the interesting thing is when you think of that suburb that's more than 150 years old, there is still a community of small business that needs to coexist within what will be this you know, new infrastructure with upscale dining and hotels and all the other accoutrements that will go along with that. And one would hope that when they're creating that destination, that the plan is to incorporate, you know, those surrounding businesses and surrounding aesthetic feel into the stadium. Well, and I will say um, another thing that they can learn from the Cowboys um, is really, really close to where you live, where the Cowboys practice facility is up at the Star. Um, that's been a great example of taking something that's been sports oriented and turning it into a total amazing mixed use area. 
and with the, the hotel, the restaurants, the retail, the office, everything around there is just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, you almost don't realize when you're at the star in Frisco, you almost don't realize that you're literally standing in the middle of uh, the Cowboys practice area, right? Because you see the practice facility, you can see the dome, but there is so much that surrounds it that camouflage it, it camouflages it. It really does create a pretty cool aesthetic. Mm -hmm. And if you go in, you can maybe get a glimpse of our five Super Bowl trophies. I, no doubt. I, I told you, I, it's, it's hard to be a Bears fan, period, post-1985. <laughs> okay, post-Ditka era, they lost me. Um, now I do root for America's team. I'm on record. I'm on tape of saying it. Go Cowboys. I will not there say go, go Stars, but I will say go Cowboys. <laughs> All right. Uh, and, and that's our show. Um, one thing we want to add is is we are always hear from folks that they do enjoy listening, and, and we so greatly appreciate the support that we get from the community. Um, we want to hear from you, though. If there is a specific topic that you'd like us to explore, um, some greater detail you want us to go into, something that you want us to research and come back to you with content on, please let us know in the comments or reach out to Howard and I LinkedIn. We're both very accessible. As always, you can go to weaver.com to download this episode or any of our other thought media. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Please help the show grow. Like and follow us on LinkedIn. And for more thought leadership podcasts, livecasts, you can go to weaver.com. That's weaver.com. Thank you all. Thanks, everyone.